0: All right, everybody. Good evening. Uh, welcome to uh, this week's Maranatha Prophecy Update. Glad to have you here uh, tonight and glad to have those uh, that are also uh, gathered with us online, part of our online congregation. Glad to, uh, uh, to have you following along with us as well. And um, Uh, We've got uh, a lot of things to cover tonight, so uh, first I'm just going to kind of share just a little bit of information with everyone before we actually get into this evening's uh, prophecy update. Not only do I gather uh, or do I... um, Uh, Welcome those that are here uh, to Calvary Chapel Harvest Life today, uh, but also those that uh, that are going to be watching here on Hope for Our Times as well, and uh, we welcome you, and uh, Pastor Tom had asked me to uh, fill in for him, and so um, I thank you, Pastor Tom, for the opportunity to do so, uh, just a little bit of information here in regards to our uh, YouTube channel and all. Uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash HLCFLV or in the search engine on YouTube. You can just type in Kurt Reed. That should bring me up as well. Uh, we're always asking everyone, we encourage you, uh, when you go on to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell for the notifications, hit the thumbs up, share the links uh, with those uh, that are out there that you share things with on social media and everything, and, uh, uh, and praise God, uh, that's a good thing. So, um, All right. Also, before I forget, you can also find us at our website at harvestlifecf.org. That's harvestlifecf, C as in Christian, F as in Fellowship, dot ORG. So, uh, with that, everyone, why don't we just open up with a word of prayer and we're going to get right on uh, to it this evening, shall we? Let's pray. Lord, we are continuing to thank you this evening, Lord. We thank you for the the freedom that you've given us in this country, the greater freedom that we have uh, in Christ as Savior, and Lord, your word says that he who the Son has set free is free indeed, and Lord, it is so awesome to be free, Lord God, to be free from our sins, to be free from those shackles, from those chains, from those fetters and to be free to seek you, to serve you, to live for you, to follow you, to worship you, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you in the freedom that you have given us, Lord, by your amazing grace and lord we just pray this evening that you would continue to bless our time bless our time in your word bless the things lord that we talk about tonight may we be challenged may we draw near to you ultimately lord may we know that the, and understand that the time is short and that your calling your church home is near. Even as the song goes that we sing, soon and very soon, we are going to see the King, Lord. We thank you and we praise you as we get started this evening. We pray these things now in Jesus' precious name. And all God's church said, amen and amen. All right. Well, you know, this evening, I really wanted to start off Uh, reading something from uh, Hal Lindsey's. It was on Hal Lindsey's uh, website here the other day, and he was posting it from counseling one another, and I just thought, man, it was so good. You know, we always begin, and for those of you that are uh, kind of new to us, new to what we're doing and everything, um, you know, we go through all of the, uh, the subject matters and, and maybe the articles over the past uh, week or two of, of things that are happening as we believe that they relate to and apply uh, to God's Word and Bible prophecy, the times that we are in. Um, But we always uh, mix that with the word of God. We pepper it, we start it, we we close it with scripture, and um, if we don't uh, have scripture in what we do uh, on the prophecy updates, then, then it's just news, you know. Um, but uh, but the, the thing that makes this uh, so important is that we see what's going on in the world. We connect the dots, and it paints a picture for us. We compare it to the Word of God, and we see, man, the Lord is moving. The Lord is doing uh, an incredible thing in these last days. In fact, as we were sharing uh, in the second half of Daniel, um, from Daniel chapter, uh, what is it, chapter 9, verses 20 through 27, the end of the chapter, and really uh, uh, God's uh, 70 weeks of time, and man, just an incredible journey uh, there in the morning services uh, in the book of Daniel there. encourage you to join along with us in that for sure. Uh, But uh, anyhow, uh, it says in this article here, five ways the return of Christ motivates our obedience. Motivates our obedience. It says, why does scripture have so much to say about the last days? So that, and the reason why is so that we can reorder our lives in the light of Jesus's coming. So far as I can see, it says every Bible passage about the return of Christ is written for a practical purpose, for a practical purpose. What is that practical purpose? Well, to motivate our obedience to him. So what do we see here? There's uh, some things that uh, five ways that the doctrine of the second coming motivates our personal daily obedience to the Lord. Uh, one is the return of Christ should reorder our priorities. It should reorder our priorities. In fact, if you look on the screen here, second uh, Peter chapter three verses nine through twelve and it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, right? But is what? Long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look, the Lord's desire is that all come to repentance. The Lord's desire is that all put their trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's the key. Even the judgment that will come upon This Christ-rejecting world after we have been raptured out of here is still one more opportunity for people to call out to the Lord, to call on the name of the Lord, that they may may turn to the Lord, that they may repent, that they may, may seek him and follow him, put their trust in him. Verse 10 says this, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, and I love this question, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? And that's the thing. What manner of persons ought we to be knowing that the time is short? knowing that this life is short, knowing that the Lord is going to be meeting us in the air. He's going to be calling us up there to be with him, to meet him in the clouds, the harpazo, the rapture, being caught up with him and knowing that time is short. And we don't know when that is going to take place. And so we are called to be ready for that, to have our bags packed, so to speak, and that we are to be the men or persons that we ought to be are in holy conduct, in godliness. That we really redeem the hour, that we redeem the moment. That we share the gospel with those around us. Those that are in our uh, sphere of influence, perhaps, that we see today, hey, they might not be with us tomorrow. And we don't want to live our lives with any regrets, right? We want to share the gospel. We want everyone to come to the opportunity to know the Lord. Verse 12 says this, Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Why? Because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Look, looking for. That's what we're called to do. We're called to look. In fact, even as it says, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 12, we see in Titus chapter 2 verse 13 that we are to be looking for the blessed hope. Look, God's word makes it clear that we are to have our eyes open. We're to be looking. How do we look? We look with the word of God and we compare what is going on in the world with what the word of God said as, the, as those goalposts, you know. We were speaking a little bit about that in the second part of Daniel chapter 9. And remember, we were talking about the whole uh, 70, uh, 70 years or the 77s, those 490-year uh, period of time that we're reading about in the book of Daniel. And we can, we can look at these things and, and, and check out the dates historically, and, and, and it's encouraging. And it's a faith builder when we see that God has fulfilled already this much of his word. And we see that there is yet this much yet to be fulfilled. Look, if the Lord has done this, we know that the Lord will finish and complete that. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it was Jan Markell who said it or, or someone else. But, you know, these things, and, and we got to get this, guys. These things are not to scare us. They are to prepare us. Again, the, the return of Christ uh, should reorder our priorities, reorder our priorities. The second thing is if we are eager for Jesus's return, then we should purify our lives, shouldn't we? We should purify our lives. Every Christian not only should uh, believe in the return of Christ, but also be eager for it to come. Not eager to continue to stay here, but eager to go to be with the Lord. At the end of the book of Revelation, what does the church pray? In Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. Even so, wait, Lord Jesus? No. It says, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Third, the return of Christ encourages us to remember that our labors for him are not in vain. They're not in vain. Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor, or knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Guys, we will be rewarded Tremend- you know, we, we look here, those of you that are watching other parts of the country, other parts of the world, you know, we got these big billboards here in Las Vegas, and a lot of the casinos like to uh, buy up those billboards, and they, they do their advertising for the casinos, and they like to do their advertising for the slots, and And, uh, you know, five times, uh, you know, this and three times that and, and all of this stuff. And they make it seem like they're just giving the money away. Well, they're not giving the money away as they're building these, you know, 500 million, 1 billion plus dollar mega casino resorts here in Las Vegas. They're taking the money, guys. They're taking the money and they're making it seem like they're giving you something. But here's the thing, your labor in the Lord. Look, the Lord is going to bless us. What does it say? Store up for yourselves treasures in what? On earth? No. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven that moth and rust do not destroy, that thieves do not break in and steal. Our labor in the Lord is a labor of love. It is a pleasure to serve the Lord, to be an active service in the Lord, in the workplace and, and wherever we find ourselves. Fourthly, our ignorance of the time of Jesus' return implies that we must be ready at any time for his return. And fifth, when Jesus returns, we will receive our reward, which should motivate us to good works here and now. It goes on to say the main reason that God speaks so much in Scripture about the return of Jesus is that this doctrine purifies the hearts of his people because there's an urgency in the moment. An urgency to be ready, to be waiting, to be looking for the blessed hope, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Now when we look at the end times, at end time scripture, let's also remember this here. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 19 through 21. What does it say? And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Guys, look, we need that light in the dark place. God's prophetic word is a light. I have never understood for the life of me those in the body of Christ that shun the prophetic word of God. When it says right here, 2 Peter 1.19, we have the prophetic word confirmed which we do well to heed. That means we have to know the prophetic word to heed the prophetic word. And then the next point again that it makes, as a light that shines in a dark place. Well, what is the dark place? The world is a dark place, isn't it? Guys, just look at the, at the nightly news, read the papers, uh, whatever it may be, and you see the darkness of the world all around us, the despair where is the hope for those who don't know the Lord? Where is the hope for them? They, they they don't have the hope that we have, but we have this hope, don't we? And as a light, to heed this prophetic word as a light in a dark place. What does a light do? Oh, thy word have I, uh, have I hidden my heart that I may not uh, sin against you, you know? And we see that his, that his word is a, a light unto our feet, a, a lamp unto our path. That literally... The Lord lights the way and shows us the path through this dark and dreary and sinful world in which we are in. And he gives us the hope in his scripture. Guys, I pray that you be encouraged in the hope that we have. That as this world is today, it will not always be. That you heed is a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises or rises in your heart hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of men but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit the holy spirit moving upon them and they spoke praise the lord praise the lord well let's uh kind of get into some of this this uh this evening here uh, the first article here that I have up to bat, Israel 365 News, Christians help Jews search for the red heifer to reinstate temple service. Now, uh, we're, we're going to talk about this for a moment, and I'm going to put on this what uh, maybe for some of you maybe a little bit of a twist, but first let's understand. In Numbers uh, chapter 19, verse 2, it says that this is the ordinance of the law Which the Lord has commanded, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring you a red heifer without blemish, in which there is no defect, and on which a yoke has never come. The red heifer was uh, very important for uh, temple sacrifice and all. That's the reason why we keep on reading and seeing and speaking so much about, uh, for uh, a few years now, a good few years, even a little bit more, um, about the necessity of a red heifer here um, the ashes, literally of the red heifer. And this is a very difficult thing to come by to meet the biblical specifications. But this article, I, I just couldn't completely wrap my head around it. Christians helped the Jews search for a red heifer to reinstate temple service. Guys, let's understand something here. That temple will be the Antichrist temple. That is not the... Look, what is the temple right now? Does anyone know what the temple is right now? We are the temple. Scripture says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, when we read in the Old Testament, the temple uh, that existed there, and it existed all the way up until 70 AD, until it was destroyed uh, by the Romans, by uh, General Titus. All right and the Jews were dispersed. Look, that temple was a picture of the perfect temple, the temple that God had in mind ultimately where we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, where literally His presence just doesn't dwell over there, but that His presence is with us, dwells with us, you see. And so I I have a hard time understanding Christians helping the Jews search for the red heifer why would a christian be wanting to contribute to uh, the antichrist temple that we read of and in fact i've even heard christians say i've heard it i've seen it uh, little uh, uh, tweets or different things like that comments you know how well i'm gonna you know i'm, I'm thinking about you know maybe should I, is it okay to give some funds to the temple institute in israel No, man, give your funds for for Bibles to be, you know, uh, snuck, you know, uh, to the underground church in in, uh, Sudan and in Iran and, you know, in China, in North Korea. That's something good to use our funds for. Utilizing our funds for the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but not for the the help in the preparation for the building of a temple that we read about in the Word halfway through the uh, Antichrist will commit the abomination of desolation there, you see. But it goes on to say the Temple Institute launched its Red Heifer program about a decade ago. Uh, but even in Temple times, an animal that fulfilled the biblical requirements was exceedingly rare. Failing to produce a suitable candidate uh, from uh, ranchers in Israel, the Temple Institute has begun investigating alternative sources for a red heifer, including here in the United States, including in the state of Texas, in fact. Uh, There's been a lot of um, uh, effort Uh, that has gone there uh, into the state of Texas looking uh, for that perfect red heifer uh, based on the uh, Old Testament biblical specifications. But guys, we don't need that, do we? We don't need that at all. Again, uh, and there's, um, obviously that's not a a, a red heifer. It kind of looks like one uh, would look, but it's got its imperfections and all of that. Um, But nonetheless, Israel 365 News again. Presbyterian Church compares Israel to the Nazis, calls Christian Zionism idolatry and heresy. You've got to be kidding me, guys. I mean, look, we see that there has been a hatred for Israel, a hatred for the Jews going all the way back. Why? Because what God loves, Satan hates. What God provides, Satan perverts. And the enemy loves to pervert what God provides. So God has provide provided one biological man and one biological woman to enter into what? The marriage relationship and the marriage covenant. And what do we see in the world today? Well, we see, well, uh, two men or, or two women or, or like even here in town, I forget the name of of the guy right now, but the whole of the whole sister wives uh, thing that you see on TV and, and all of that. And one guy and, and he's got his, his harem of women. And, and that's a perversion of God's uh, provision that we see uh, in the word of God. And there's so many examples of that in, in the world um, today. But again, the Presbyterian church comparing Israel um, to the Nazis and all. So the Presbyterian Church, United States of America, or USA, an umbrella group representing churches across the country, uh, claiming over 1.7 million members passed several anti-Israel resolutions, including one that labeled Israel an apartheid state. Obviously, they know nothing about uh, the history of Israel, or I would even venture to say they don't care to know anything about the history of Israel, and compared Israel's treatment um, of the, and I will say so-called Palestinians, because the Palestinians are an invented, made-up group of people, literally made up, well, it goes, goes all the way back to the Romans, uh, to the Nazi genocidal treatment of the Jews. And it just goes on from there. There is this hatred of the Jews. And right now we see that in the world, the people in fulfillment of the word, the Jews coming back to the land of Israel. Coming back. They're coming from Russia. They're coming, and they have been from, for many years now. They're coming from Ethiopia. They're coming from other countries, even from our country. And they're coming back there into the land. And the focus will be, so much of that focus that we read about um, in that seven-year tribulation, right, and it will be focused Israel. And uh, we read of the 144,000, right, that are going to be serving the Lord, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We read of the two witnesses that there will be there um, as well during uh, the first half of that seven-year tribulation again, and they will be in Israel, and so on and so forth. But Israel 365 News, again, saying, now this is important, guys. Saudi Arabia largely eliminates anti-Semitism from textbooks. Now, the reason why this is so significant is when you look in the Old Testament in Ezekiel chapter 38, there is apparently, well, I, I can't even say apparently, there is some kind of a warming in the relationship Between uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel. In fact, if you want to turn there for just a moment, you have your Bible, Ezekiel chapter 38. And we read of the Gog Magog uh, invasion of Israel, these different countries, Iran and, and uh, Turkey and uh, Russia and, and others that are uh, going to be going down there, Ethiopia and all of that uh, going down uh, into uh, Israel and all in that Gog Magog invasion. It says, you will ascend coming like a storm, verse 9, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and the many peoples with you. And thus says the Lord God, verse 10, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. Now, remember that Russia will be the main leader in this invasion. Russia has, has been uh, somewhat of a friend. Uh, Israel has considered Russia uh, as an ally, but God is going to turn them around, put a hook in their jaw. And I will tell you this, this whole uh, Russian-Ukrainian war has definitely been adding to that for sure. Definitely adding to that, uh, Russia has had some uh, pretty staunch words for Israel because of some of the Israeli support that they have given to the Ukrainians. The Russians haven't taken well to that. And, and uh, you know, we don't know, we can't say, and so uh, exactly what that hook in the jaw will be but we know that it will be there and that uh, the relationship between Russia and Israel will sour greatly and Russia will look at Israel as an opportunity to gain um, uh, financially, to, to gain. Look, we all know that Israel is very strategically located there uh, on, the, on the map. It says, and you will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them, it says, all of them dwelling without walls and having having neither bars nor gates to take plunder, to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations, it says, who have uh, acquired livestock and goods. Did you see that gathered from the nations? The word uh, has spoken elsewhere as well that they will come back into the land. And they've been doing that. That's exactly in fulfillment of the word. And who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of uh, the land. In fact, I believe, and I've got to look it up in my files again. Memory serves me correctly. Of all the nations on the earth, if, if I remember correctly, the nation of Israel, this tiny little sliver of a nation, has received more Nobel Peace Prizes than All of those other nations, huge nations, populous nations, just the tiny little nation of Israel. Has God not truly blessed Israel? Yes, he has. And why has he blessed Israel? Is he blessed Israel because of Israel? Or has he blessed Israel for his namesake? He's blessed it for his namesake. And Russia and those countries that will come along with her in the Gog-Magog war, know that she is blessed and they will come to take goods, come to take booty as we see there. And then it says, now look at this, verse 13, Sheba and Dedan, right? That's, uh, those are the old names, by the way, um, for what is today modern day Saudi Arabia. It's kind of like Persia. Now that's an easy one, uh, to be honest with you. Um, Persia, uh, just in the uh, what, the 1900s, the mid-1900s, it, uh, it changed from per- being called Persia to being called Iran. Well, Sheba and Didan of times past is what we know as Saudi Arabia today. So Sheba and Didan, uh, D- uh, Didan the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions will say to you, you have come, or have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty and carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to take great plunder? You see, they're going to be surprised by this. Now, Saudi Arabia, we know, or you should know, has been uh, one of the largest state sponsors of terrorism. Saudi Arabia has been an enemy of the nation of Israel. But the relations have been warming. And when you look here, so I just got to wonder how close is the world to Ezekiel 38 taking place? I don't know. I don't believe that we're going to be here. I believe that we are going to be raptured out before that takes place. But I'll tell you what, it's all coming into view, all in proximity that we see right here. And, uh, and for me, that's exciting, because that means that the closer that those things are to taking place, that means even closer yet, we are to flying out of here. And man, I don't want to be here any longer than I need to be. And I don't believe you do uh, either. Well, so in that article there... Saudi Arabia largely eliminates anti-Semitism from their textbooks. And uh, man, they've been not only eliminating that, not entirely, but they've been, they've been working on that. And uh, just a number of things that they've been doing. And man, it's just an, it's an incredible uh, story. I encourage you, you know, read it for yourself. Check it out um, yourself. The next thing that we see, and, and we're going to bring up a, a video here in just a moment, as we speak about uh, globalism, one world government, the Antichrist's uh, world empire. Uh, remember in Daniel chapter 2, as it was showing those world empires, as we spoke about weeks ago, as they relate to the nation of Israel, that last one will take place during this period of time that we're reading of in Daniel chapter 9 and in Revelation and elsewhere, okay, that as we call the revived uh, uh, Roman Empire or Rome 2.0 or whatever it may be. And, and so the world is moving and is pushing towards, uh, I remember hearing about this, uh, George Bush Sr., all right, and I remember him talking, I, I think it was at the UN, if I remember correctly, and it was talking about the, the new world order. The Rockefellers. David Rockefeller talking many years ago, back in the 70s, the new, about the, a new world order. Henry Kissinger, right? He's a new world order globalist, big time, you see? And then when we look at the Bilderbergers, we look at the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab uh, and and a number of these other groups, the United Nations, of course, um, the World Health Organization, all of these global entities. Guys, have you ever seen so much of a rise of globalism as we see today? One of the main reasons, one of the main reasons why not only the Democrats, okay, but the rhinos within the Republican Party, because there's issues in both parties, guys, but the rhinos in the, in the Republican Party, one of the main reasons why they wanted to destroy and to bring down President Trump is because he is not a globalist. And so, man, I'll tell you what, the demons were coming out like the hornets from the hornet's nest. To try and bring him down because he was he's putting a or he was putting a bit of a stop on that whole globalism new world order push you see in the last uh, uh, in the last days. But the world is moving in that direction, and we know ultimately that it'll happen. Ultimately, that it's going to take place, and and I believe it's a great talking point, guys. It's a great talking point for. Um, ministering to people around us when you know others are talking about maybe you're sitting there at lunch a lunch break in the uh, employee's dining room or whatever it is and you hear about some of these globalism things and and one world and all oh, this is so great we are the world you know I remember the song back in the 80s and everything. that's not a good thing all right And we know that we we, we see those talking points and we see what the word of God says. And we can bring them into the word and say, look, this is why it's not good. Because when you condense that power, then Satan himself is going to say, man, this is a lot easier. It's a lot easier to try and fill one post than to fill many posts isn't it? And he will fill that one post, in the, the son of perdition, the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist that we read about in the Word. But listen to this. Biden's economic advisor, I don't know if you, if you heard this or saw this this week, this was, this was pretty astounding. I mean, don't you? I, I love it when they just have those, those moments where they just say what they say, and I think afterwards, you know, uh, maybe they're at home and they're like, oh, Did I actually say that? Did that actually slip out? You know, Biden's economic advisor says that uh, what we are seeing um, right now is for the sake uh, of the future, quote, liberal world order. Liberal world order coming right from Washington, D.C. Look at this. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes. So Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. Well, what do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay $4.85 a gallon for months, if right. not years? This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand... Whoa, did you hear that? What's going on with the gas? Oh, wait a minute. Weren't we told it was about Russia? Right? Which which is, I mean, makes no sense, guys. I mean, you know, I, I really wish people would listen a little more clearly to what people say, you can really uh, uh, pick up on, on the lies and the deception and all those kinds of things. Look, we were told, oh, gas is going through the roof because of Russia. No, it's because of the Keystone Pipeline situation that they were, you know, threw into the toilet, right? It's about a number of, of issues. It's more than just that, okay? A number of issues. We know that the price of gas was rising dramatically Before Russia ever launched this invasion of Ukraine. But we're hearing from the man in a house that is white in Washington, D.C., because I don't like to call him the president, saying that it's because of Russia. And then when he's not blaming Russia, what is he blaming? The oil companies. He's blaming the American industry itself. And yet this guy, and and in fact, this is so good, guys. I I want you to hear this again coming from the Economic Advisor. So we're going to play this again. You guys are ready in the back there. So listen to it again because it's, it's, it's just that good. The truth came out. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes, so Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. Well, what do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay 485 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order. So again, what is he saying? Suck it up, buttercup. It's all for the good of the world order. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Some of you single moms are having a hard time putting food on the table. Hey, it's all for the greater cause of globalism. Which Jesus Christ, when he comes back, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, is going to destroy. He's going to decimate it. Because that globalism is godless. It leaves God out of the equation. It leaves Jesus out of the equation. It elevates man, you see. Goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel, doesn't it? All the way back to the Tower of Babel. Guys, it, it, it blows my mind when they make those kinds of big mistakes right there on national TV. Again, the truth, uh, the truth comes out. Um, it just comes out. Then there's you know, Fox News, Greg uh, Gutfeld uh, talking about it as well. Biden official, liberal world order comment. He said, Greg Gutfeld said, is one of the biggest reveals in history. It's that big. That's the reason why I played that twice. It's that big big of a deal because, guys, this is all planned. And we got to understand this. This is all planned. It is all demonically influenced. We see that in the word of God. The enemy is literally behind it. You see, it's interesting when you think about it, how something on the outward side can look good right? Can look good. Sometimes can even look religious, can look holy, whatever it might be. And yet when you examine a little more closely, you really listen, you really watch, and then you pick up on those things. But yes, uh, one of the biggest reveals um, in history. Prophecy Newswatch. Prophecy Newswatch, global digital ID with real Time tracking of everyone and everything is coming. Again, that's all part of globalism. That's what they're looking for. That's what they want, is that total control over the masses. The WEF World Economic Forums obsession with not uh, only merely digiti- uh, digi- I can't even say this word digitization well, I'll say that really fast a few times. But what? As a means of tracking and control is manifest in yet another document that has come out of the group. The World Trade Organization and drafting their thoughts on what the future of trade, but also uh, what uh, all said and, and done humanity should look like. And they're talking about these things in these big power bases worldwide they want to be able to track the people they want to know where you are what you're doing what you're spending what you're spending it on and they want to be able to have control over those things and that's exactly where it's moving now so what is the big deal Okay, so, all right, I mean, aside from the fact that it goes against uh, uh, many of our freedoms, of course, uh, as freedom-loving Americans in this country, guys, it goes far beyond that. It all points ahead to the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, who will have this total control by way of money over everyone. Now, you got to understand something here. Money as we know it today, it's, it's got to go by the wayside. I remember back in the day, you know, everything was based on what? The gold standard. And it was gold and it was silver. And you had to have uh, those, those hard assets in the government uh, power bases. And the money would be printed off of what was, uh, uh, you know, legal tender. Okay, it was legal tender. It was, and it was off of, uh, you know, what we had, uh, so to speak. I wonder today, what is in Fort Knox? Is there even anything in uh, Fort Knox or whatever it might be? Nonetheless, we know that our nation got off of the gold standard and, and uh, you know uh, silver dollars and silver coins and everything are all uh, gone by the wayside now. Now they just print money as they want, right? And we have this paper money, which is really not, as they say, not really even worth the paper uh, that it's printed on in many cases. And what happens with paper money? Well, a lot of corruption can happen with paper, especially with the lower denominations. It becomes harder and harder to track. And so criminals love operating in paper money because it's just so difficult to track. Well, it's going to make so much sense to a Christ-rejecting world, hey, digitize everything. Make it nice and and convenient, and all. You don't have to deal with all this dirty money and counting it. I remember once, this was a a real long time ago, decades ago, and and I had a car payment. Uh, I, I remember it was a three hundred dollar a month car payment. I, I I tried to kind of reduce the the years there a little bit, and and it was all down to just a, a three year. Um, uh, you know, thing for the car, and it was three hundred dollars a month. And back in the day, when I was working in the casinos, uh, uh, in the restaurants there, you know, and uh, making tips, I remember I went to the bank, and well, I went there with three hundred dollar bills. They hated me. They hated me at the bank. They didn't want to take it. I'm like, guys, you've got to take this. This is U.S. money, you know. But but so the world wants to move in such a way where you, know, you don't have to deal with all of this money. It's nice and convenient, right? We take our cards now. You can even just kind of swipe your card uh, over that little, uh, that little reader there. You don't even have to put it in in a lot of those. You just kind of just like that. Well, hey, even that's going by the wayside because we see in the book of Revelation there's going to be a mark. That mark within uh, the hand uh, or the right hand or within the forehead for people to be able to buy or sell, you know, you can't lose your head, I mean, sometimes we say, I lost my head, well, you didn't really lose your head, okay, and, you know, so you'll be able to go anywhere, and they just scan your, scan your head, or scan like this, or whatever, and the technology's already there, and they're already doing this, guys, they're already doing this in some places, I, I know I've shared before, you know, there's a, um, you know, like those Coca-Cola machines or vending machines and whatnot. And there's certain ones in certain places of the world today where literally you can just swipe and it registers with um, a a little chip. Uh, I mean, they're tiny. It's like a uh, a grain of um, uh, rice there and everything. And it's just so convenient, these little chips. I mean, it's amazing. And think about this. Thousands of years ago, when holy men spoke, as we read, as they were led and directed by the holy spirit and it went from the holy spirit right down onto paper like this you know or onto parchment and they couldn't even those technologies didn't exist until our lifetime but now we're living in a time where these things are happening the times of the signs or or the signs of the times and it's happening And we're getting so close. Are those things the mark of the beast? No. Are they setting the stage for the mark of the beast? I believe that they very well may be. You know? And uh, I I don't know. I just think it's pretty incredible. So global digital ID. And eventually, I believe it'll be such where the Antichrist himself will want to take control of the technology out there. And... uh, And who knows what he's gonna even add to that. How much further is it gonna go than what we see the technology even that they're working on allows for today, okay? Absolutely crazy. The Federalist reports on this. Norway is tracking what everyone buys. And Biden wants to follow suit in the United States. Think about that, guys. Your vote counts. Your vote and my vote matters. I believe that every legal citizen of the United States who is able and capable to legally vote should vote and make our voice be heard. Whether we're talking about primaries, which we did, whether we're talking about, you know, and then the midterm elections themselves, whether we're talking about the presidential elections. Our votes matter, guys. Do you really want them to track and follow what you're buying? Do you really want it to be such where you have a a kind of a tracking credit number that's attributed To you and my wife just showed me. I forget what the number was. She showed me what um, the um, uh, what is the score that they call on your your your, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your rating and and your score based on uh, um, you know how I guess good good you are with paying your bills and all of that kind of stuff and for your credit your credit score that's the word I'm looking for. Drawing a blank your credit score. You know, and my credit score is great, praise the Lord, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But you've got to understand, guys, how this will affect your credit scores, all right? If you go and you buy a gas-powered car, your credit score won't be, dollar for dollar, your credit score won't be as good as if you were to go and you buy one of those electric vehicles and you, as they say, go green. You see so what they're trying to what they are ultimately going to try and do is force people into buying what they think that you need to buy. And you've got to understand that this whole go green thing is one more globalism push in the world today. It's one more push towards globalism. And so if you're buying things that that go great with globalism, that's great. You get extra credit in your credit score. That's the reason why they're doing this. And and I'm not guessing when I'm telling you that, because they're already implementing this in certain parts of the world today. And that is exactly what they're doing with it. And that is exactly what Joe Biden wants to do. And the liberals in Washington, DC. Goes against our, our freedom. You go and buy that book. Oh, that's one thing. You want to go and buy a Bible? Ah, that doesn't go as good for your credit score or your credit rating. You see, right now, I can go to a store and I can use cash to buy something, all right? And it doesn't register anywhere. But when people are utilizing this digital money, they know exactly what you buy, when you buy, where you buy, you see? And that leads to control. Absolute power, what do they say, corrupts absolutely. And that is exactly what the Antichrist is, will desire as he rises to power, is absolute power to corrupt absolutely and to force the world into that system of allegiance to him, of worship of him, you see. That's the reason why when I share these things, it's so important. Because when you get into conversations with your friends or co-workers or whomever, you know, and you get into some of these different conversations that we just get into different talks about things, right? It's interesting how you can turn a conversation around from just being what would normally have been just a regular conversation, and you can turn it around as to, well, you know what? It's interesting because we see what the Word of God says in regards to money in the last days. What do you mean, money? What do you mean, last days? What what does the Bible say? What are you talking about? Oh, man, let me tell you what I'm talking about. And it's incredible how we can utilize the everyday things around us as a part of uh, those conversations and all. It really is. Now, National File said... Federal Reserve details digital dollar plans. Exactly what we've been talking about. Revelation chapter 19 verse 20 says, Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked, what? Signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received. So those who received will be deceived. Do you get that? Those who received will be deceived. Those who received what? Those who received the mark of the beast. Okay? Those who received the mark of the beast. And those who worship his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And so there is a great deception that is coming upon the world, guys. Look, the digital money that is really getting going in the world today has its problems, has its control systems over people, but it's nothing compared to what it's leading to. And it's that. That's what it's leading to. And look, we all know, we all have family and friends and coworkers and neighbors that don't know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Maybe some of them will come to the Lord before the rapture. I pray that they do. But maybe a number of them won't come to the Lord before the rapture that we read about in the Word takes place. But maybe some of them, just maybe, will remember the things that we talked about and we told them, look, if you don't come to Christ now, hey, I want you to remember my words of what I said, that what the Bible said was going to come and what's starting, you know, in the world today, what it's going to lead to. So that when that time comes, don't receive the mark of the beast because no one can go and see God after that. No one can be saved if they've received the mark of the beast to buy or to sell. And some of those people, I am absolutely certain of it, are going to remember our words. They're going to remember what we said. Some of them will. And after the world is missing millions of these Christians, where did they go? Wait a minute. They told me about something called the rapture that was going to happen. And then this seven-year tribulation and this Antichrist and this world government and this Mark of the Beast and this religious false prophet that will deceive people in uniting the religions of the world together. And they will, some of them will remember, some of them will still curse God and die. But some of them will put their trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord They will remember our words, guys. I can't stress this enough. Maranatha Prophecy Update is about two main things. Us being ready and about evangelism of the lost. And some of that evangelism is for those that are here and now. And some of that evangelism is planting those seeds for those After the church has been raptured to be with the Lord. And some of those seeds are going to germinate. Some of those seeds are going to grow. And God's going to use us all this time back to right now and planting those seeds and letting people know the only way to be saved is Jesus Christ. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Follow the Lord. Get into his word. So Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. End Times headlines. says, Elon Musk, his iRobot, have you seen this thing? It's really cool. With unique human personality set to be ready In three months think about this guys they're they're developing all of these robots and all of this crazy technology of this stuff and don't we see about that that image of the beast in the last days I wonder what is that image going to look like I remember this is going back now maybe around seven years ago or so if I was guessing and uh, uh, President uh, Erdogan there in Turkey he literally appeared before the people on this stage as a holographic figure. They've actually been, they've had some concerts with Michael Jackson. Michael, Michael Jackson died however many years ago that he died, but they've digitized him into a, um, I don't know if you call it 3D, 2D, whatever it is, holographic image. And they've been doing this with different ones. Can you imagine utilizing perhaps holographic images imagery utilizing ai technology mixed with demonic activity whatever it's going to be but folks i I think it's going to be absolutely scary nonetheless and with this whole uh, uh unique human personality and everything just just crazy stuff As we get into uh, a little bit more of of some of the things taking place, guys, uh, Disney used to be the happiest place on earth, or so they say. Guys, this has turned into being an absolute sick and disgusting place for what they are doing and the influence that they have on uh, children. Zero Hedge reads, New Disney show accused of indoctrinating kids to think that men, too, can get a period. Are you serious? Are you, are you serious? And they're putting this, trying to indoctrinate these kids. You know, there are some schools in our country where you can actually uh, go into <coughs> the men's uh, bathroom and find menstrual products in a men's bathroom. This is how, yeah, and what do we read about in in the book of Romans? That God will give them over to a reprobate mind or a debased mind. And whether we're talking about Joe Biden, whether we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, whether we're talking about others, Republicans as well, that are like, oh yeah, this is this is normal stuff. Guys can be girls and girls can be guys. And, and I mean, this is absolutely crazy. And now Disney is putting this stuff out here. The Walt Disney Company recently sparked controversy for inserting radical sex and gender ideology into its children's programs. Guys, you gotta watch what your kids are watching. I know it's really easy to have the kids sit in front of a, a, a guy. Back in the days, it's not Tom and Jerry anymore. Okay, well now maybe it is Tom and Jerry, but Tom and Jerry are, you know, it's it's not the Tom and Jerry I grew up with, okay? It's different now. It's not the Looney Tunes that we grew up with when we were younger. It's not Pink Panther and, and those things. They are literally putting an agenda into the cartoons, They're putting that agenda in. And they're trying to warp the minds of these children in preschool years even before they ever get into elementary school or whatever it might be, okay? Watch what your kids are watching. Do the research, the video games that they're playing, okay? Look, it might be rated G, but it doesn't mean that they're not inserting some of these things into it, guys. You've really gotta watch, you've really gotta watch. We don't wanna lose our children. We don't wanna lose our grandchildren in this wicked generation in which we live in today. The Walt Disney Company, again, is doing this very thing into its children's programs. It's come under scrutiny again after a clip from a news uh, from a new series called Baymax. It showed the namesake nurse, it's a nurse robot, interestingly enough, it's a nurse robot, taking advice on menstrual products from a transgender person. And we put it into a Disney cartoon, and there we go, isn't that just a great cartoon for kids to watch? I mean, how sick can you get, guys? How sick can you get? Let's take a look uh, here at this video as to how sick uh, this is, if they're ready back there. Take a look. Excuse me, which of these products would you recommend? Oh, um, well, these are the tampons I usually use. Thank you. I prefer pads. They're more comfortable for me. Thank you. I always get the ones with wings. Thank you. Get unscented and bleach-free if you can. Thank you. Yo, my daughter loves these. Thank you. These might be easier if it's her first period. These are really environmentally friendly. And the one, um... Cartoon. great sounds like a great, enjoyable cartoon for kids to watch on a, you know, Saturday morning or whatever. The one kid that had the, uh, it was like a, I think it was a purple and and pink uh, striped shirt and everything. It's transgender. That's transgender. All right. This is what they are indoctrinating uh, the kids in. You see, this is the reason why you see Governor uh, DeSantis there in Florida having. The, uh, uh, the issues that he's got with, uh, with the Disney Corporation and all. Uh, I mean, you, you just can't make this stuff up and what is, uh, what is really taking place here in the last days. Then, as we continue, Breitbart, Breitbart News, even talking about uh, the Disney animated series uh, Baymax. It's for ages five and up. And in one episode here that we see... There's this uh, a clip of it. I actually saw uh, maybe a you know a half a minute of it or so, and the exchange uh, between these two guys right here. The one is asking the other if he wants to go out on a date, and this is for children ages five and up. You got to be kidding me, guys! You got to be kidding me. Then we see end time headlines saying London-based Employment Tribunal rules that Christians cannot express their disapproval. Christians cannot express their disapproval for transgenderism in the workplace. Guys, this is ultimately going to come down to and lead to, which it already has, persecution of the Christian church. We've seen it here numerous times in the U.S. of A, right? How many times have we seen you've got a Christian uh, baker, right? The one up in Colorado. Numerous, numerous uh, uh, lawsuits over these things because they won't make a, a uh, satanic cake or they won't make a, uh, a cake celebrating an LGBTQ uh, whatever wedding, because it goes against their faith. And they're being threatened, and they're being fined, and they're being threatened. Look, if you don't do that, you're going to lose your business license in this community. We're seeing Christian florists being put in that same position. Christians that that own Christian printing shops being put in that position. And it is growing, folks, persecution is growing, not only in other parts of the world, but it is growing in the United States of America as well. And again, I can't understand for the life of me why someone who has the ability to vote would not allow their vote to be heard here in this country, guys. I mean, just think about what's happening. We talk about this whole transgenderism thing and everything. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5 says this. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination. I mean, that's that's about as strong of wording as you can get. All who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Guys, we're going to call out sin, sin. Now, whether it's transgenderism, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's lying, whether it's spousal abuse, whether we're talking about false teachers, false prophets in the last days, right? whether we're talking about any number of, of, of uh, you know, sins and addictions, and those are because we need to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, you see. When we don't have the Holy Spirit of God in us, we are left to our own natural devices. And that's where you see it. For one, his natural device is he's a rapist. For another... He or she is a habitual liar or a gossip. For another it's this, for another it's that. But all need Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. What does it say in the New Testament? For that is what some of us were, right? But we've been saved. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We've been set free. We are not who we were before. Praise God for that. Praise God that we can be saved. Praise God that, that the Lord hadn't given up to us or on us, right? You know, I actually had someone uh, comment on um, one of the morning services and saying, "You know, in your church, you speak about sin. And and I'm just, uh, you know, roughly speaking about what the person said in your church. uh, You know, and they're obviously someone who's watching online, and they're commenting, in your church, it actually speaks about sin. There's not many pastors today, this man said, that is speaking about sin in the last days, or, or speaking about sin. And he was thankful that we were highlighting this, that we're speaking about it. Because if we don't speak about what is not right, if we don't speak about what is wrong, if we don't speak about what is sin, then where would we ever recognize our need for the Savior, guys? Only sinners need a savior. And scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I need Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that I got saved when I was 17 and a half years old in my aunt and uncle's house in Fullerton, California. That's where I got saved. That's where I put my trust in Christ. And my life has never been the same again. I never want to go back. I never want to look back. Look, I'm not perfect. I'm being perfected. We're, we're God's workmanship, it says in his word. It's got, you can picture it like this, as a big construction hat that we're wearing, right? Under construction. We're under construction. The Holy Spirit is working in us, and he's rising to the top the impurities in our lives as we go through the trials and the tribulations in this life. Yes, I know, guys, look, I know the trials and the tribulations are hard, but God uses it as the fire to purify us, and he scrapes away the dross that rises, that bubbles to the top when those things are put in the fire, and the end result is with every scraping, and yes, I know those scrapings hurt. But with each and every one of those scrapings, we draw closer and closer to the Lord. We become more and more purified because he's doing that work in our lives. He's preparing us for when we go to be with him. And so don't reject the fire that he brings into your life, guys. Don't reject the scrapings of the dross when it rises to the top, but receive it as a God who loves us so much that he hasn't given up on us, but he allows us to go through what we go through, to purify us, to be those vessels of honor in his midst, those vessels of honor. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to close this evening on, and I'll bring it up here all the way at the very back. Oh, there's so much. There's so much good stuff there. But we'll have to uh, pick it up next week. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who, who sleep in Jesus, those who have died in Christ. See, before I came to the Lord, Jesus wasn't my Savior and Lord. I knew who Jesus was, but he wasn't my Jesus. I didn't have a relationship with him, you know. I just knew of him. And then it says in verse 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or those who have died before us in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Guys, when we read of the things that we read about in God's prophetic word, I'll be honest with you, it comforts me. And it comforts me because I know that God is saying, I didn't give up on you, Kurt. I didn't give up on you, Jack. I didn't give up on you, uh, Shelly. I didn't give up on you, you know, Bob. I didn't give up on you, Marianne. I didn't give up on you. He hasn't given up on us, and he has given us chance after chance and opportunity after opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord, come into my life. Save my soul. I want to be a child of God. I want to have the assurance that I will be with you forever and ever and ever. When I breathe my last breath here, I want that next moment to be with you, Lord, to be with you. And he doesn't leave us in doubt. You know, some of you girls remember you girls that, you know, we'd, we'd hear the stories, you know, uh, a girl, you know, gets some little flower, some little daisy, you know, and she's out there in the yard. She plucks that flower and she's, you know, towards some guy that she's, you know, got the eyes for, you know, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He lo-. That's not with Christ. With Christ, it's he loves me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever, should believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those who truly believe in the Lord, who have asked Jesus to come into their lives, they follow the Lord. That's where the proof is in the pudding, As we follow the Lord in whom we truly have confessed as our Savior and Lord. And I can guarantee you this, those in Christ, he will never put to shame. Never put to shame. Guys, there is so much happening in the world today of incredible significance that is setting the stage for what we read about is going to take place in the time of that seven year period of time. Folks, there's so much Tell people, use it as a talking point, and then give them the gospel. If you don't give them the gospel, then it's of no value. Give them the gospel. Jesus came to save us of our sins. He died on the cross because only a holy God could pay the price for our sins. He rose from the grave in victory over sin and death that those who put their trust in him, those who confess Jesus as Savior and Lord, can be a child of God, can be set free, can be redeemed, can have that assurance of their salvation. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this evening, Lord, and just for your loving kindness, Lord. There is so much that is taking place in this stage-setting period of time that I believe that we find ourselves in today. And Lord, even though the things that are taking place in the world around us, well, Lord, it's, it's an ugly world out there. But we also see that it, Really points to how much closer we are to being taken out of this place, to being raptured, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And Lord, we thank you for your loving kindness. Thy loving kindness is better than life itself. As we're in an attitude of prayer this evening, Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Everything in this life comes down to this one thing what you do with Jesus. That's what it all comes down to. What you do with Jesus. He said that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Him. And we focus so much on the things around us, and yet. What about where we're going to go when we leave this place? If you say, well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person. But scripture makes it clear that no one is good enough because of the sin within us. And only Christ can cleanse us and purify us and forgive us and redeem us from our sins. It's what scripture shows. And so the only way to be with God is, it is to go through Jesus Christ. And so today, will you say yes to Jesus? Will you put your trust in him? It begins with something as simple as this just praying this prayer along with me. Will you just pray this prayer right now? Say, Lord, I want you. I need you. And I come to you in faith. And I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be a child of God. I'm tired of living the life the way I've always lived it before. I want to follow you. Teach me what that means. Show me how to live for you, Lord. Thank you for paying for my sins on the cross. Thank you for rising from the grave. Thank you for loving me. Lord, we thank you for those who have prayed that prayer today. And Lord, we pray may you strengthen these new believers, Lord. Strengthen them in the faith. Grow them in their walk with you. And Lord, we pray may you strengthen all of us Grow us in our witness, Lord, for the days are short, but Lord, you have called us to be a light in the midst of darkness. So Lord, enable us to do so. May we honor you in this week ahead of us. In Jesus' precious name, And all God's church said, Amen and Amen. God bless. God bless.